This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Dear Sugar is supported by. The universe has good news for the lost, lonely, and heartsick. Sugar is here, the both of us, speaking straight into your ears. I'm Cheryl Strayed. I'm Steve Almond. This is Dear Sugar Radio. Oh, dear song, won't you please? Hi, Steve. Hi, Cheryl. It's August, and as you know, we have been doing these rebroadcasts of episodes from letters that we answered. Mm -hmm. And we picked these because we were dying to know what happened. We're going to broadcast those conversations we had previously, and at the end, we're going to have updates. Yeah, awesome. So this week, we're going to be hearing... The letter from Head or Heart. Do you remember Head or Heart, Cheryl? I do. She was a 34-year-old woman with an idyllic childhood. She'd met this man who she was really clicking with, mm-hmm. but she had some concerns about his past. Yes, and feared that uh, his past was going to come back and haunt them. So let's hear that letter. And then on the other side of it, we'll, we'll go all together in real time get an update. Dear Sugars, I'm a 34-year-old woman who has never been married, but has had a number of long-term relationships. All of my relationships have been safe, meaning the men were pretty conventional, stable, and came from good backgrounds. I also come from a very good background. I had an idyllic childhood with almost no big trauma to speak of. My parents are still married, and I see them often. Recently, I unexpectedly met the most amazing man whom I immediately fell for. We share an incredibly deep heart and soul connection. We were immediately head over heels in love, trusted each other, and both feel as though we've known each other forever. But there's one thing, Sugars. He comes from a background full of trauma. His parents, now divorced, were highly functioning alcoholics who occasionally physically abused him and his siblings throughout his childhood. He has done a fair number of drugs in the past to cope with his situations, and he lives a pretty unconventional artist's life. The man I fell in love with doesn't appear to have gone through such immense trauma. He's emotionally and physically healthy, a very conscious and active participant in life, has a lot going on creatively, and is so full of love and emotion. He also seems totally resilient to what has happened in his past. Despite this, I'm freaked out. I have never known someone with such trauma, let alone been intimate with him. He is so loving and non-judgmental towards me, yet I can't help but judge him. I feel terrible for doing so. I love him so much, 
and I realize he has made positive decisions every step of the way to better his life and break free of the awful cycles he experienced. I'm wondering how it's possible to connect so deeply with someone so different than me. How can I move forward loving this man I feel so deeply connected to, yet scared by all the baggage he could potentially bring to the relationship? Signed, Head or the Heart. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it looks in head or heart. I mean, she's asking a very serious question that I'm sure a lot of our listeners can, you know, relate to. Should I be concerned about people's past? Isn't their past? You know, it's their present as well. And should I think about and be concerned about these things? Absolutely. But the guy sounds great. I agree. This letter spoke to me because I have to say I am somebody who does have these things in my past. Mm -hmm. I have suffered really sort of the fallout of a childhood that involved a lot of violence and emotional and sexual abuse, right? And divorce and poverty and, you know, all of the different struggles of my past that people who've read my books or listened to the show are familiar Mm -hmm. with, right? And yet I'm okay. And I have been really all of my adult life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, of course, went through a very difficult period in my 20s. But I came out of those actually really ready to have a healthy relationship. And I think that Head and Heart is making that little mistake where it's like she's making this very neat equation that if you've suffered any kind of trauma, it equals you will perpetuate that trauma in your life. And that's absolutely not true. Now, that's sometimes true. Right. We should say. It's sometimes sometimes true. true. You absolutely have to heal that trauma to some extent or to a a great extent before you can continue forward in a healthy way. But I have done that. And one thing we know, Steve, you and I Mm -hmm. are constantly getting letters from people with all sorts of childhoods. And we both know that we have letters from people who had incredibly difficult childhoods who have become incredibly powerful, wise, resilient adults. And then the reverse is true. People who have nothing back there in the past, and they have very, very difficult lives, and they struggle in all kinds of ways. And so first, I want to say to head and heart, you know, trust what you observe and experience with your partner, okay? If he seems like a great guy, he probably is a great guy. If he seems like somebody who's made peace with his past, he's probably made peace with his past. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't mention how old he is, but we'll just assume that they're about the same age. She's 34. He's had, you know, at least a decade, more like probably a decade and a half of adulthood Mm -hmm. to come to terms with that childhood he had. right, And it sounds to me like this is somebody who uh, has done the work that we so often encourage people to do. Yeah. Well, and I think the anxiety that she's expressing probably is in an exaggerated version what everybody feels when they meet somebody that they have this intense connection to who they let into the fortress of their hearts mm-hmm. so quickly is, is this safe or is there something lying in wait? Can I trust? Or Am I going to have to brace against the possibility that I'm going to give my heart to somebody who, you know, is not going to be a good custodian, not because he's a bad guy, but because he's gone through some stuff and there's some baggage that I didn't see when we were in the thrall of those early weeks and months where it's all beautiful and ecstatic. Can I just put like the highlighter pen over that statement you just made? Is there some baggage I didn't see when we were in the thrall of those early stages? The answer is yes. Yes. It is always yes. Whatever background you came from. Right? Absolutely. But I think that she's got to listen to what her concerns are. And she might have 
a sort of occluded view of them because she came from a background that didn't involve uh, trauma and alcoholism and divorce and emotional violence, it sounds like. But she is smart enough to recognize that, and I think it speaks well of her, look, you can't go through all that stuff and not have it have an effect on you. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that this guy has worked through that. Otherwise, in one way or another, I'm frightened that it's going to crop up. Yeah, I absolutely understand what you're saying. It could be that this guy is remarkably resilient and has done that work and so forth. But her anxiety is not completely one of a sort of cloistered naivete. I think she's honestly saying he went through some heavy stuff. And I'm wondering if that's going to arise in our relationship. That's a good, honest question. Okay, well, let's ask her. We're going to do this new thing. Mm -hmm. We're actually going to sort of break that wall between us and all the people who have problems. And we're going to call head or heart. Hello? Hello. Is this head or heart? Hi, yes, it is. Hi, this is Cheryl Strayed. I'm here with Steve Allman. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Steve. How Hi. are you guys? We're good. We're How are you doing? Good. Thanks for taking the time to consider my letter. You know, you're the first person we've talked to who's a letter writer on the show. Really? Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so this is a historic moment. Awesome. I'm glad I could be a part of it. First of all, how old is your boyfriend? Is he your same age? He is 36. 36. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been dating? (laughs) Well, so it's quite new. Um, We've only known each other like a month. And immediately we just had this really like deep, soulful connection. Like I said in the letter, we both admitted, you know, that we have not felt this before with another person. That is so 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 it's been a month, but intense, you know, like in the best way possible. (laughs) So how'd you meet? Uh, Well, we lived six hours away and I was in another part of the state for a work trip. And I just happened to go to this coffee shop on the way home before my six hour drive. And he was there and we just connected and, and he gave me his name and number like at the end of our quick five minute talk and then connected from there. So... Wow. Of all the Java joints in this world. <laughs> I, know, I tell all my friends and they're like, that's like a meet you. Mm. You know, I'm like, it's interesting because I'm thinking like this amazing person walks into my life and, and I'm just like in awe, right? Like of the universe that this exists and this has appeared in my life and I've been thinking like, well, you can't help like who you fall in love with or who you don't fall in love with, right? Mm-hmm. And so how did the issues that you wrote to us about, these concerns about the differences in your past and especially the struggles in his past, how did those start to come to the fore for you? They were brought up initially, like in our early phone calls, just kind of getting to know who each other was and just kind of sharing our story. You know, the way he presents them is just like, this is who I am. You know, it's not like a dumping. It's not like a heal me, help me. It's more just like, this is my past. This is who I am. And so for me, I did say in the letter, like, that I have some judgment towards him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I kind of want to say more importantly is that in the past, I have judged people like him. Mm. 
But with him, it's different. With him, it's that I more have compassion, but there is still a bit of, like, unease for me because I've never known someone with such trauma. Well, what about it scares you? Like I said, maybe it it could create potential baggage in the relationship, even though right now I have no reason to believe that because nothing he has done, you know, has shown that there would be any sort of that baggage. But I don't know, like, I just worry if those patterns, you know, like, could come up in the future. I, I guess that's sort of where my fear might come from. Well, mm-hmm. let me just ask a, a couple of things specifically. So you mentioned that his parents were high-functioning alcoholics. Does that come up in, you know, does he drink? Do you look at him drinking and think, is this an alcoholic lying in wait? Or You, you see what I mean? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And he doesn't drink. And I asked him, you know, like, flat out, I was just like, so what is your relationship with alcohol? And and he's like, well, like, to be honest, I don't really drink. Like, I just, I don't like it. And I don't like, you know, what mm-hmm. it could make me. And, and I admire that. Like, I think that's super strong of him. What about his relationship to drugs? You mentioned that he's done a fair number of drugs. Is he describing addiction or recreational use? Um, just recreational use, but it's just, for some reason, it just kind of scares me. And I know it's the past, and he's not, you know, involved in the same way that he was in the past with those. But it just, he's just a very different person. And it's just very interesting to me how he connects so, so deeply. Right. Well, it sounds to you me know? like he's a lot edgier. Uh, than the other people you've dated, at least uh, with an edgier (laughs) past. And maybe, I mean, you describe such a strong connection. Maybe a part Mm -hmm. of that, what's connecting you, is that he's maybe more interesting to you because he has uh, some edge to him. He has some experiences that are outside of what you yourself have experienced or it seems even have been exposed Mm -hmm. to. Yeah. And obviously all those more conventional kind of safe relationships, you know, didn't work out, right? Right. And I noticed sort of this pattern that all of those men didn't have this, like, emotional intelligence, this emotional openness, you know, the ability to, like, give. Mm -hmm. And this guy is so giving. He's so open. He's so passionate. And it's like, oh, this is what I've been looking for. But then my head is like, but wait, like, he didn't go to college. He has kind of a broken past, so it's like there's this constant struggle between my head and my heart. Yeah, well, you Hmm. know, I am somebody who also has a broken past. Mm -hmm. You know, I've experienced many of the things that you mentioned in your letter and and other things as well. And I just want to say when I read your letter... I, I was I'm basically in your boyfriend's shoes, right? Here I mm. am this adult who has this backstory that is full of trauma and hardship and difficult things. And I will say that I actually have come to this place in my own life and certainly in my marriage. I feel like, and I hope this is a consolation to you, that those difficult things that I experienced in the past actually made me a better partner and made me a better person, a better human, and really enabled me to do things like this very gig right now, you know, thinking about other people's Mm -hmm. struggles and secrets and so forth. And of course, that can go the other way, too. I feel like the traumas I experienced informed who I became because I responded to them by really trying to heal my wounds 
and trying to be resilient and move forward in a positive way. And so I just want to say to you, like, just because this is somebody who's experienced hardship and loss, that doesn't mean that it's going to come up in negative ways in his adult life. Mm -hmm. Now, it probably will come up. Right. But think about this. It might come up in positive ways. You know, this is a man Mm. who has survived great difficulty, and he's managed to do it with a lot of, it sounds to me, beauty and grace. And that's to me, is like a a really amazing attribute. Maybe it's the reason you think he's so amazing, because he kind of Mm. is. Yeah, he is. Have you (laughs) asked him what he's done to heal those wounds of his childhood? Yeah, actually, we have had some really honest conversations, which I am just so grateful for. And so um, he has, like, he's done a lot of therapy. And I think that has really helped him. And also his art, he told me that, you know, the art that he creates is like how he processes a lot of his emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm. But I think a mix of those two things has helped to heal him. What do you do for a living? Um, so I'm a photographer. So you're an artist. You're an artist too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, you know, why I mentioned that in the letter, because I've always been the more unconventional one in the relationship. Uh-huh. Interesting. He, he's out-edged you. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what? Like, he's right. just so conscious and positive. And I always thought I was that, you know, and he's challenging me already in, in like, so many good ways. Well, maybe you met your match. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Maybe you did. Maybe you did. One thing, too, we talk about this a lot on the show, and and I think both Steve and I in different ways have written about this, and that is at many points in our lives, I think we need to really, in a conscious way, take stock of, you know, what are the stories that we've told ourselves, and then rewrite that thing. So it sounds to me like you have told your story about what people from a, quote, good background, what those people are like, and then what people from a, quote, mm-hmm. bad background are like. And I think mm-hmm. what's going on here is you're finding that people don't fit into those boxes as neatly as yeah. maybe you suspected. That, in fact, you can be somebody who comes from a lot of difficulty and turmoil and have a very solid, healthy, whole life. Right. And you're a perfect example of it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know what? I am, actually. And I'm proud of that. Yeah. I'm really very conscious of yeah. what I've made manifest in my life. And without knowing this man, mm-hmm. and even you don't really know him, I don't mean to diminish the intense month you've had. Obviously, you know him to an extent. But right. I, I really think you should trust your heart. And that means mm-hmm. that, you know, a year down the line, you might find that this guy isn't for you. Time will tell. But mm-hmm. I think that, you know, when you make decisions based on ideas you had rather than what's actually before you, that's where you go wrong. And I think that you should trust this feeling that you have of love and affection and respect and admiration for this man. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing to realize is you're so early on in this. So I counsel you to, right. you know, be open and communicative, but also patient. As Cheryl was saying, Mm -hmm. like, you're a month into this. Mm -hmm. And even though you've opened the door pretty wide, you know, to this guy and you guys are obviously having these very intense conversations and feelings about one another, you know, be patient. It's a long way to go. Okay. Good luck. And congratulations for meeting somebody fabulous. That's a fun thing, no matter what happens. Of all the things you can be bewildered by, this is about as good as it gets. Exactly. Will you write to us in a year and tell us what's gone on? 
Yeah. Yes, I will. Okay. No, no, actually, you know what? We're going to go ahead and be greedy and say six months. Six months. <laughs> and then in like two years, Steve and I will come and officiate your wedding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. You guys will definitely be And you know what? Just for you, Heather Hart, because you're our first letter writer we talked to, I'll throw in the bris for free if you have a, if you have a male <laughs> <Yeah>. child. <laughs> Well, thank you for your great advice. I really appreciate it. Thank you. We love to talk to you. All right. Thank you so much. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. Two hearts feeding, lucky flower, and all this waiting for the power, for some answer to this fire, sinking slowly. One thing that I thought about as we listened to Heather Hart talk uh, was this idea, she says, all my relationships have been safe relationships. And there was a part of me as I listened to how deeply in the thrall of this relationship he was, I thought, well, you're finally in a deeper relationship. Mm -hmm. And the deeper you get into any relationship, the more dangerous it gets. And it doesn't have to do with somebody's past as much as it has to do with the present that you're trying to share with them and the fact that you're really laying it bare. I think it's probably an appropriate human reaction to be somewhat terrified by that. Mm-hmm. Right? And part of the danger you're talking about, that not being safe in a relationship, is trusting that magic, by which I mean the invisible, inexplicable, intuitive, mysterious nature of chemistry and feelings and emotional connection. Mm-hmm. And in, in this letter before us, what I really hope is that no matter how this relationship turns out, that you know we are ultimately always, when we're questioning relationships, we're trying to evolve ourselves. We're trying to grow personally. Mm-hmm. And what I really hope for Head and Heart is that she takes that idea yeah. into her head and her heart, yeah. that maybe she will find love, whether it be with this guy or someone else, in a way that's unexpected and that that story hasn't already been written, that she yeah. needs to write it herself. It's such a great idea that part of love is magic. And I would say that the rest of love is hard work. I knew you were going to say you that. You knew I was going to say You're that. You're like the oarsman of the love world. Well, but listen, yeah, I am. <laughs> you know why? Because it's a long river and you don't know what's coming down the next bend. And she is telling us about the magic. And it's beautiful and it's ecstatic. But underneath that is the thing that fights against the magic because the magic is thrilling and also really scary and destabilizing and makes you vulnerable. And so what do you have as a brook against that? You have the hard work of communicating with yourself and your own preconceptions about who the right person is for you is supposed to be and what somebody's past says about their present and with this guy who clearly is going to be capable, it sounds like, of being honest with her about you know, what his experiences have been and how he's reacting to her her attitudes that she is carrying in. You're just nodding your head. It's a good thing that one of us is a romantic. I'm a romantic, too. (laughs) Magic is huge. It's all around us. But the rest of it is hard work. World, But um, you're right, you're right, you're right. But sometimes, you know, we need to forget about that. She's not in the moment of hard work. She's in the moment of love. Just love. Trust love. Will you not give me that? I think she's mistrusting it. I think there's a voice inside of her. That's why we have her letter. Cheryl, if she was in the middle of feeling that magic and love, we would never have spoken to her on the phone. But there's some voice inside of her that isn't going to be defeated by the magic. The magic's there in spades, in abundance. And there's still that voice of doubt and anxiety and whatever she's carrying. That's her baggage, basically. 
Uh, and then she has to do the hard work of communicating that to him and within herself and working through it. It would be great if you could snap your fingers and make everybody's ambivalence about something as terrifying as love go away. But we don't have that power. You have that power, but you only use it in limited cases. <laughs> okay. You know me, you know my way You just can't show me But God, I'm praying that you'll find me Support for Dear Sugars comes from BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you use it? BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you figure out what's most important to you so you can prioritize it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit betterhelp.com sugars today to get 10% off your first month. Steve. Yeah, we're still having that argument. It's we'll still, just keep having it. Now, what, what you're not hearing again is we went onward and read the credits. And I oh, think I love that we, we had a went cool, onward. We kind of had a little duel. We, we, we yeah. were like, okay, cast your vote. Were yeah. you on Team Magic, a.k.a. Team Cheryl, or, or Team Hard Work? Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly how you just as even handed as that. And what was it? We got all Are these you emails. on Team Slave Ship? People, or are you on Team Fairy Dust? <laughs> We got all these emails and people were very serious about it. Yeah. I, I do. I should note that, you know, just for the record, longtime oh listeners of the show will know that we're both on both teams. That's right. Yeah. I believe in hard work, the magic of hard work. Oh. There we are. Nicely done. And I think actually we got a lot of pe- responses and essentially they said, yes, we believe in the magic of hard work. We do. And that's, you know, I'm in agreement with you that often that thing that goes off in our in our heads like, hey, hey, you know, caution. It's a good thing to listen to. But I just, I, in my heart, felt instinctually that this woman should trust her heart. That yes. she was that she had wrong ideas mm-hmm. about what it takes to be a resilient whole person. Mm-hmm. So I'm dying to know yes. what's yes, happening. Yes, yes, yes. So, well, let's hear it. Um, so she wrote to us. She wrote to us, but we haven't heard this. So let's hear what she had to say. Okay. Hi, Cheryl, Steve, and Lisa, right? Lisa Tobin, our wonderful producer. I realize that more than six months have passed since we last talked. Which that- I think we asked her to write to us in Yes, six we months. did. We were like, we actually All right, had, not, had her heart. You listened well. Thank you. There you go. All right, so well, Sugars, I'm writing to say, drum roll, please, it's been almost nine months, and I write this from my bedroom that is messy and half-packed for a move to live with the love of my life this weekend. Oh, my goodness. She's moving in. Yes, we are still together and have navigated so many types of waters up until now, but only because of the hard work that Steve Allman insisted we do. No, sorry. No. I'm just making no. that up. No, no. no. Here's what she actually writes. Here's what she actually writes. That Cheryl Strayed was exactly right. Okay, of course. That's all just implied Okay, with, what with is every the, sentence, what is the you're hearing saying? that. It says, we're still together and have navigated so many types of waters up until now, but underneath all of it, we have found that there is a deep, deep love. Three exclamation points. Oh. Yeah. Head okay. or heart, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fantastic. So, uh, all right. So she writes, let me back up a little. Since we talked in early November, our relationship continued to grow rapidly from six hours away with once to twice a month in-person visits. 
One day on his way back home in early January after staying two weeks with me in Boulder, he got in a serious rollover car accident. Mm. By the grace of the universe, he walked away completely physically unharmed. With his car being totaled, he was stranded here in Boulder with me for another week. Now, we all know that that rollover accident was no accident, if you know what I mean. The subconscious does its work. It was during that week that I fell in love with him even more. I didn't think that was possible. I love the metaphor here because she was talking about the ruin and sort of the the kind of the big crash of his past, right? So he gets in another crash, but rather than driving them apart, it brings them together. It consecrates their love. I love it. Let's write it up. Yeah, it's like a short story we'd write, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Let's see. So uh, I I fell in love with him even more. I didn't think that was possible. Seeing his resiliency, Mm -hmm, which we pointed out. Yes. Coping with this traumatic experience that will shake one to the core. There it is. He was emotionally at an all-time low, and the accident really shook up his stable and comfortable thoughts about himself and his life near Telluride. I supported him while he figured things out, got a new car, and helped him find his way back home. I love that. Meanwhile, in mid-January, I surprisingly bought my first home near Boulder. My sweetie was nothing but supportive, and in further discussion, it was a no-brainer that he would move out here to live with me when I closed on the house in March. Both fully aware that six months was an early time to live with a partner, granted I've never even lived with a partner before, we dove in head first. Hmm. Or maybe heart first. On top of moving here, I took on a three-month major remodel in the new home with his help. Oh my God! Okay, there we go. This house, yeah. And no, no. If your relationship can endure a remodel, you're yeah, golden. That you did, you do yourself. Let's just say that him moving here at six months, me buying a home, both of us moving to it this weekend, and undertaking a remodel in the first three months has really tested us huh. and our relationship. Right. Given those things are pretty stressful events in one's life. We figured out, let's just put it all out there at once and see if this will work. How interesting. It's like a stress test on a relationship. That's right. A relatively short but deep time together has taught us so, so, so incredibly much about each other. We have navigated each other's strengths and weaknesses and have navigated the baggage. Turns out I have baggage too, there she you writes. Go. Okay. We have learned to communicate with each other and recognize and admit our faults. Let me read that again for everybody else who's thinking of writing a letter. We have learned to communicate with each other and recognize and admit our faults. Rather than pointing out each other's faults. That's right. Imagine that. Imagine. Taking responsibility for your own faults. I can't. I, I'm trying to imagine I it. do that. Every, Steve, I apologize when I, I berate you on this show. I'm a, I'm a smart aleck. Yeah. I'm I an insolent, I know. bossy, I, you know, all of those things. I, 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 I recognize this in myself and I will never, ever change. And Cheryl, I in return apologize for the excessive humility and grace that I show you, which I know is very <laughs> provocative. All right, here we go. <laughs> It hasn't always been perfect, but when it's messy, we try and be graceful about it. We say how much we love each other, even in the midst of a misunderstanding or disagreement. Wow, these people are evolved. I'm starting to get a little annoyed with them, frankly. Just parenthetically, they seem very evolved. We are both good about seeing our own therapist when necessary to help us through this new and somewhat stressful time. We have both never felt something so real and honest and express it all the time. We talk about how we can't imagine our lives without each other, and we've even talked about marriage. You You remember your offer, right? Do you remember our offer, Cheryl? I don't. Of course you don't. don't. We promised we would, I believe you and your big, beautiful mouth promised (laughs) that we would officiate at this wedding. Oh, boy. Oh. It's been about nine months since we met and fell in love. 
and about three since he's been here living with me. This weekend we will officially move into my house together, albeit still a little under construction. That's a beautiful metaphor. Mm. It's true for all of us all the time, still Mm -hmm. a bit under construction, and start our new life together. He has his own studio where he can be creative and make his art, and I have my office where I can also live my passion as a photographer together with the love of my life. I followed my heart, thanks to your great advice, and my head followed not too far behind. So, back to the big question at the end of your podcast. Mm. Uh huh. I think you were both right. There's both magic and hard work, but it's the magic that makes the hard work worth doing. Start preparing your ceremony, meaning wedding ceremony. <laughs> thanks, sugars. <laughs> Kindly, head or heart. Oh, that's so sweet. I think that that's what I'm trying to say when, you know, when I was saying, okay, it's about magic. The magic is what makes me willing to do the hard work. Yeah. You know, I think it it really, sometimes we get these letters from people who say, do I really have to continually work on this relationship? And, 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 you know, I think sometimes the answer is no. If it's really only work. Right. For a long, a long time, and you right. don't feel any of that magic. Right. No, I'm not saying sometimes that magic you don't feel like every day, every moment. Right. But if you don't have at core that sense that, right. that you're in the right place with the right person, yep. then yeah, I actually don't think then. I mean, you, you, you can. Yeah. You, you can't. You, it's you, not we, only about work. That's right. You cannot hard work your way. Yeah. You cannot. It doesn't matter how much wood you have. If there's no spark, there's no fire. We, yeah. We, we we both completely agree. And what it strikes me is so. Uh, just astonishing and beautiful about this note is just how self-reflective and in the moment, you know, head or the heart is. And, you know, you never know in the early phases of relationship, but it seems to me they have kind of put themselves into enough pressurized situations, moving in real quickly, remodeling the house, this accident, which clearly shook both of them up in ways that were actually, in the end, in the short term, very frightening and upsetting. But in the long term, again, a kind of a stress test for Mm -hmm. were they going to be able to really communicate through the tough times, keep the fire going when, uh, when the winds are blowing or whatever mangled metaphor is necessary. So that's just beautiful. What a delight to hear from you. We are so happy for you. And okay, okay. I'm going to start, you know, figuring out what dress I'm going to wear to your wedding pretty pretty soon here. You're not the only one who's going to start figuring out what dress to wear to their wedding. Are you going to have to wear taffeta? I'm thinking tall. I've got a whole plan. All right. Congratulations on your love and your joy, head or heart. And no no matter where, where this heads next, you know, let's just take one step at a time. That's right. We wish you both love wherever that may lead you. Absolutely. And please tune in next week. We'll have another update for you. Update Palooza will continue through the month of August. And we'll have big, bold new episodes coming in September and beyond. But check back next week to hear the next update. Dear Sugar Radio is produced by WBUR. We're produced and edited by Lisa Tobin. We're recording in Portland, Oregon. And our engineer is Josh Millman of Talkback Sound and Visual. Our theme music is by the Portland band Wonderly. Mm -hmm. Please listen to us and subscribe on iTunes. And if you feel so moved, we'd love if you'd leave a review. It's really helpful. Mm -hmm. You can write to us with your problems and your secrets and your sorrows and your feedback at dearsugarradio at gmail.com. And we have a new Twitter feed at Dear Sugar Radio. You can follow us there. Tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. Hashtag magic. (laughs) 